book report. It's a book report. It's a book report about a movie. Cause that makes sense. Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Weirdos podcast. Today, it's Jesse and Alex bringing you a book report about a movie. Because that makes sense. Today we're talking about Man Bites Dog, 1992 film from three directors, three very French names here. I'll do my best. Let's see. <laughs> Remy Belvaux, André Bonzel, and Benoit Poulvourde. Um, And Alex, you made me watch Man Bites Dog. You made <laughs> me watch this movie. You're like, I know what we should do for a book report. Man Bites Dog. And I was like, okay. So... <laughs> Why don't you tell the people what is Man Bites Dog and why did I watch it? So it's on its surface. It's kind of like a, hmm, how does one put this? It's it's almost like a student film documentary um, of these three like filmmaking student kids that go into, they go and they follow this almost infamous like serial killer or assassin on this journey and document his like insane and just absolutely crazy and debaucherous like reign of terror on this the city he's a serial killer i I believe (laughs) he's a serial killer i don't know how infamous he is but anyway continue and they just get sucked into the world maybe a little bit more than they'd like to and they find out some less than savory things let's say about their subject of their documentary piece it seems like they knew that to begin with right we kind of start in the middle of this and the whole like the whole crux of this film i guess is that they start helping him with the murders and become more and more involved yep um but you don't okay so okay (laughs) I have thoughts here. Yeah, no. But first, you're good. I want to know why. Why did I watch this movie? <laughs> why? To, like, what, what drew you to this? When did you see it first? And why okay. did you recommend it? So I saw it. Um, we've brought him up a few times, but I saw it with my friend Dustin, who, like, at one point, we would just lock ourselves in his apartment for like eight, ten hours and just watch movies all over the mm-hmm. place. And there was one specifically that I always really liked. We watched Straw Dogs, right? And I was like really into this like vein of like, ooh, I want to watch a movie about like serial killers and people having to like fight them off, you know, or like just like that kind of genre. You know, Straw Dogs is about like a family that moves to the English countryside, basically is stalked by like the town's killers and then Dustin Hoffman and his love interest have to like fight off these sadistic fucks. And so I was like in that mood, right? And he goes, okay, let me show you this movie. (laughs) And so we watched it and I actually loved it. And I think what drew me to it originally was the performance of the main actor, um, Ben, uh, the the serial killer. Mm, Okay. Um, I just thought for some reason it was so like enigmatic and it was just so like, Magnetic. I had never seen anyone act like that before. And this whole documentary style thing I thought was in, like very clever and very interesting. And I, it very much, I mean, I think it's, I thought it was a student film, right? So like the whole time I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be a little rough around the edges. This is going to be a little grainy. And 
I had you watch it though. <laughs> Let's get to the main crux of this this question, right? Yeah. Is this had, is this penance for making me want you making you watch uh, Marvel movies? No, it's it's more like I made you watch it because and I didn't like suggest it for a main episode because I don't oh, actually that, think that was a solid choice, by the way. Jeff would yeah. I feel like no. he would have hated it, right? <laughs> he would have um, fucking despised doing this. He would have, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good call to just rope me in on this one, for sure. Yeah. I feel like there was something about this film that I just wanted to talk about. Like, I feel like it just sparked some type of discussion. Because it's obviously, like... It does, it will. It's it it's interesting, right? It, like, sticks out as, like, a... it In its own way, as, like, this entity... Narratively, however, there really is no reason why I showed it to you. There's like no, there, there's no like connection here of anything. Okay, you're just like, like this movie's interesting. I want to see what you think about it. Yeah, it's yeah. like interestingly I mean, made. I guess that's solid point, and that's generally like what we go for here. But I just wanted to like levy some criticism at you with my question. Oh, dude, <laughs> is I what hear, I was going yeah. for there. I gotta hear what you think, right? Because so you've, like you've been like buttering me up. For the past few days for this yeah well i asked you a question and i'll ask it again in a little while okay which yeah, is yeah. is this movie irredeemable and that's mm-hmm. a question that we like on this show you and i particularly bring this up and um i think we've only actually covered two films that i would actually consider legitimately irredeemable in very different ways one of them is funny games which um, HBO recommended to me right after I watched this, and I was like, "No, nah, I ain't watching that shit again." Oh, that's awesome. And the other one was The Matrix Resurrections, um, another irredeemable film for very, very different reasons. But this movie, I will agree that it's interesting. I uh, and I actually did not hate watching it, but I mm-hmm. was very curious about why I was watching it at all got it um and i think like it is it does stand out right it does stand out for its documentary styling and for this plot line that i'd never really seen before but that being said there wasn't really any core for me to latch on to and i i hated the main guy the serial killer guy Mm -hmm. because we just get right into this movie and i have no idea why these students are helping him commit crimes and filming him commit crimes, mm-hmm. like what their morality is there. It doesn't really set that up. The main guy has, okay, he's either murdering people or he's being completely unlikable. Like <laughs> in general, like in society, when they go to dinners, like I hate the way that he interacts with the world. He's just very up his own ass and it was mm-hmm. hard for me to see why these people gravitated towards him at all i guess because he was a murderer but but what it needed for me i guess is like who are these students why are they doing this and it needed to explore who they were a little bit more for me to care right and this goes into like having some sort of core of relatability in a film which you don't always need i guess but I just didn't understand. It's just like scenes of killing people, scenes of disposing of bodies, mm-hmm. and then scenes of them like drinking. And I didn't like anybody in the film. And I was just like, uh, I don't know. So it was then, weird to watch. Did you like narratively then? Did you like the end? 
was it was it nice at least then to see like all of these unlikable uh, people just die? <laughs> Spoilers. Everyone yeah. dies at the end. That was Is the weirdest that... part, right? Fuck. I watched this two days ago. I already forgot the end. So so the end, the way it spirals out of control is that like they find out that obviously he's been pissing off people, right? He's been yeah. murdering people and he pisses off these Italian gangsters and right. there's like a competing serial killer that they find out is being filmed by a competing documentary crew. Oh, dude, that happens like halfway through the movie, though. Yeah, and then right. so like yeah, and then that's what I mean leads to the end of it like being like they're being hunted as well by this Italian like gang and they slowly pick off each one of uh Ben's like l- like his love interest with the flute. Right. Then, oh yeah, didn't they stick a flute up her ass? Yeah, it's just it gets real debaucherous and disgusting. Th- this movie, yeah, it does. Okay. This is not a movie I would recommend to anybody. Yeah. I'm just going to say that right now. If you're listening, don't stop and go watch it. It's not the worst thing. Like I said, I, I actually don't think it's irredeemable because I didn't I didn't hate it completely in the way that I would irredeemable movies. But it also just didn't have anything going on for me outside of like the, the core of, oh, that's kind of a neat concept that's like interestingly presented. Yeah. But the fact that there's there's those like horrible rapes, like... Dude, when they go to the the bigger lady's apartment mm-hmm. and rape her in, in excruciating detail, and the film crew like dives into it as well. Yeah, the film crew's like getting their jollies off, and then you cut to the next morning, and she's just like eviscerated on the table. I was like, I I really don't need to be watching this movie. <laughs> and it's like you can you can tell these kind of tales about bad people and have them still be kind of like fascinating like tarantino does this very well mm-hmm. even when tarantino makes like a horrible murderer who's unconscionable they're still like fun to watch interesting personalities this movie didn't have that it just had scenes of murdering civilians in their homes and i was like is the point here just to like unnerve you to be like this could happen to you it's so easy it's like what's the point Right. What's the point? I already know people are awful and there are people out there like this. What's the point? Yeah. You know, like, what do you think the point of the movie was? So for me, that see that it's really hard because the the film crew that's in the film, they were actually like very, very young fledgling. How do I say this? Filmmakers. One of them. Um, you I mean think, in real life? In real life, yeah, yeah, excuse yeah. me. And and Remy Belvo, actually, he he ended up committing suicide, I believe, um, at some point in like the early two thousands. Oh but, shit! Yeah, he they didn't really flower into anything. They didn't really have a career, and I think this is like the only thing that they made. So, the way that this film sticks out to me, and I'll dovetail in this to why I think this film, like what this film is about, but it sticks out because it's like. It's one of those, like, it seems almost meteoric or cosmic. Like, it's just come out of the sky, like, searing through the sky with this really, really unhinged, and I mean unhinged, like, artistic audacity and, like, visual panache, if you will. But it's just original in its, like, presentation, right? Like, 
the way that the film opens is like, I think it's a far, like a really long shot. And he's like dumping bodies into a river. And he's talking about so matter of factly, like National Geographic wise, like the difference of weight and bodies and the different right. things that you need to do. Yeah, there is like a cheekiness going on here for right? sure. And and so the genre of the film is like classified as a crime black comedy mockumentary. And I'm like, okay, so uh. basically, I know, isn't that weird? But like, I, I, I can see it. It wasn't funny to me, but, but I can see it. I'm like, what if it, it's like Spinal Tap or, you know, Best in Show um, or any of the like comedic mockumentaries that have made are like extremely famous and well known. They always have this very humorous and light tone to them. And yet this movie is like that in a sense, but it's like very, very dark and violent and graphic. Um, but I, I do agree with you. There is some overt like vice signaling is a term that I like to use. Um, mm, where it's what just does that like, mean? It's basically the difference of, it's like the opposite of quote unquote virtue oh. signaling where it's like, we smoke cigarettes, we kill people, we drink alcohol, we blah, blah. It's like kids who want to be Charles Bukowski and even Charles Bukowski to, to, a, to a degree, right? Like it was just like, God damn, dude, everything you're writing about is whores and, <laughs> and drinking and LA and smoking cigarettes, you know? And like yeah. failing health. And it's like, okay, we get it. It's dirty, it's seedy, it's mucky. That definitely happens a lot with this film. I just think this film is like extremely, it's just very chaotic and raw. It's definitely raw. Was it still as interesting to you the second time revisited? I don't know how often you've revisited it. Uh, is this no, something this you watch every the, once in a while? The second time that I've, I've watched. Okay. So yeah. uh, since, since the long, long ago. Yeah. Well, how did it seem to you now? So it seemed more open to me now in the sense that I found more things that it, it was more open to criticism, excuse me, is what I meant oh, to say. Okay. Yeah. For me now. Like the the main actor, the role, while I still think it's pretty good, pretty exuberant, um, it just doesn't impress me as much because I've seen more films and I've seen so many more nuanced performances on the scale that like it it just wasn't as groundbreaking to me. Um the violence was fine as far as like it doesn't get exceptionally gory for me, right? But the treatment of other humans in the film within the plot and the the narrative was much more disturbing to me this time. Like the the old lady, that scene in the apartment, you know, where he- The like complete disregard for human life on like every, on the most basic level. Yeah, like that part, like all of his charm wasn't there for me the second time. No, around. he had no charm. In fact, he had anti-charm. Yeah. Even in the <laughs> moments where he was supposed to be charming, I hated him. Yeah, like I... uh, when he was at the art gallery, that mm -hmm. sticks out in my mind because he's saying what he thinks about art very, very loudly. He's one of those guys. He wants everybody to know that he knows. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it is an interesting performance. I think it's like a pretty good performance, but I don't know. It's it's hard for me to like say what this movie lacks for me other than to say like humanity, but obviously it's about serial killers, but 
I think what it was missing, and I might have said this earlier, is seeing some sort of descent within the documentary crew. Because as far as I can see or am concerned, they started out as completely amoral. You know, they're helping him pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And there's like, I just didn't, I didn't understand. And I think to the point about it being like graphic, there are moments where it goes a little bit over the top. Like we talked about the rape scene. Yeah. But even then I was like, it didn't disturb me exactly. Cause I've seen a shitload of movies and I know it's fake. Um, I don't know. A movie can still get under my skin, but this one didn't. And I struggle to like say exactly why. I was just kind of confused the whole time. Yeah, you know, okay, so it's interesting because it's just such a fragmented movie as far as storyline goes, and it's definitely not traditional in any way, right? So No, it plays into the documentary stuff. You you oh, only yeah. see what is documented. I mean, there are even moments where they're filming him and you can't hear what he's saying because the sound guy is over there, like running around looking for, I don't know, a banana or something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so that it's just, it's hard because like, I don't really have an opinion either way about it. When I, the first time I watched it, I was like, man, this movie is just interesting. There's something about this movie that is peculiar and it's peculiar, like in its in its making and in its execution. But at the time I was like, I don't have anyone to talk to about this movie. Like seriously. I will do my best. Um, <laughs> it is part of the criterion collection. Like yeah. people have noted that this is like a film of value. I don't know if it's because I've seen, I'm just seeing it for, with fresh eyes in 2022 when this kind of thing doesn't feel as like audacious now. Audacious, mm-hmm. audacious. No, no, I don't no, know no, if that's, that's true. part of it. Right. And it's it's interesting to, to think about like, man, this movie is disturbing for for us in 2022. Like what what was it like when it came out then mid 90s? I mean, we have the whole history of Tarantino. We'll bring him up again. This came out the same year as Reservoir Dogs, you know? Yeah. Which is a movie that fucked with people's heads because it was really graphic and intense. And it, it's probably in no way as vicious as this film, not quite as much, or at least the times where it is vicious, it has this overriding style. Like when Michael Madsen is, is ripping off the guy's ear and shit. Well, I was going to say that it sets that up extremely well, though, that he is like a villain and is a bad guy. And like the audience and Quentin Tarantino made it very clear that you are rooting against him and you were rooting yeah. for Mr. Orange, right? As he's bleeding out of his fucking stomach. But yeah, um, the interesting thing is it's really easy to find this, but when I was doing like my research, you know, I was just doing my research on Benoit Polivort, the actor and the Belgian guy. And he actually became a member of the Cannes Film Festival jury in 2004 by request of Quentin Tarantino. Who was Ooh. a big fan of Man Bites Dog. <laughs> okay, I could see that. Which is, I could definitely see Quentin sense, being a fan. Yeah. Right? Like, but I agree with you. There's something about Quentin's movies that like, we draw back to this other term a lot. This like humanity. There's nothing in this film. Like, I'm like, why is everyone except for the innocent people 
so devoid of any moral fiber or standing or direction. Like the first minute that we would that like if I was making a documentary film like this and someone was dumping bodies into a river, I'd be like, okay, we're going to the police after this, right? Like this can't yeah. continue. Like nobody has that conversation with each other. There's nothing to lead you to believe that there's any morality anywhere. Yeah, that's why I said, like, I think this movie would have been more impactful if it was a descent where you see the documentary crew, like, having that conversation and being like, are we okay with this? And then slowly going over to the dark side, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, But as it stands, it's just like, oh, I guess we're killing people now. And I was, as I, as the audience, was like, oh, I guess they're killing people now. Okay, I guess I'm watching this now. Um, we can get we can get past me saying the same thing over and over again though in terms of that and talk about what is interesting about this movie because it is it is interesting. I did ask you about the irredeemability, but I think like it, it is doing something different. It is having this this sort of tale where you have these murderers. And the interesting part about it isn't really that the documentary crew gets involved because there's no sort of push and pull there it's just the the sort of like matter of fact nature of it right mm-hmm. where they'll go and murder people and then they'll go out for drinks and talk about like opera you know yeah and that's where i could see tarantino doing it tarantino would have done it and had his characters be likable even and if human. they were awful yeah um or just you know michael madsen let's use him as an example in okay. reservoir dogs he's not likable but there's something to him, right? Like, oh, I, I don't panache. know if it's it's he's just because style. of the filmmaking. Yeah, he's got panache and style, like doing the little dance with the music yeah. when he's walking over with the razor blade. There's something <laughs> there where you're enjoying watching that on like a cinematic level and that pulls it upward. Yeah. This film, this film is flat, definitely, like in that sense, right? Because it's like black and white and this documentary style lends to... It, you don't have a lot of scenes that you can really like, I don't know. There was like, there's like no music to set the scene and stuff like that. Cause it's a documentary. Right. So I get what you're saying. And it's funny because Michael Madsen in reservoir dogs, you could tell that he was dangerous and he was unhinged. Right. But he was still somewhat contained within the fictional universe of a character that Quentin Tarantino had created. Whereas in this film, I think what is interesting is because it's a documentary, he is so, Ben is so unhinged and he's so bothersome as just a person. But in those moments when he's interacting with people just normally and he's not killing them, he is very realistic to me, even though he is a humongous asshole. He's like, I'm just like, oh my God, I've met people like you, like the art moment, right? (laughs) I had that same thought, man. And I think that's, I think that's why it is interesting, why it sort of dovetails into its own like little reality is because of that realism element where it's like, it, it does feel in large part, very real and very grounded. Like you say, Ben is a real person. Yeah. And it made me think of people like him that I've met at fucking bars or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are, you, are you a murderer? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I think mostly too, one thing that really drew me to it was like, okay, so the second time, talking about more philosophical, theoretical things about the film and what is it trying to say? So, you know, like what is the point of the film? Is this film making 
a very strange like overture about art and artists in general like can you get lost in this psychosis of no we have to show we have to depict what is happening for art's sake until there is no line that separates you from what you are depicting right you are this murderous raping Mm. pillaging film crew of kids who it's like it gets into this very interesting philosophical debate about like even documentarians right like at what point do you put the camera down you know and you're like i can't fucking do this like i don't care what i'm making i don't care how vital this will be you know it'd be like filming the r kelly documentary or like the scientology documentary and being able to like get into a room where someone high up is like sexually abusing someone like do you just like you're just like i need to film this the world needs to know this right like but then you just it's just you just start sexually abusing them as well no well (laughs) that is (laughs) right see that's where the disconnect happens right because you're like no they wouldn't start doing that that's insane who are these people yeah i know um (laughs) that's i don't know i had that thought or i had a, a broad similar thought when he's like drunk and he wanders out of the bar yelling i am cinema yeah i was like what's he saying here Mm-hmm. What's he saying here? And I don't know what he was saying there, Alex. I, I think they were trying to say something. The larger point of this movie, I will say, is more or less completely lost on me unless it's more basic than I'm thinking it is, which is maybe that. It's like, oh, where do we draw the line when we make art? Or like, uh, I don't know. These things happen all around you. Ooh, spooky. Like, I, I know, know that. right? It's hard. I know it, that. It's like hard to like... Uh, it, some of the the takes on it are like, it just seems so vanilla, right? Like that's the thing. I think I think a lot of I didn't read much criticism. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have, but I would imagine that the things that they say this movie are about would feel very obvious and kind of hackneyed. You're like, oh, it's about this grand thing, and where's the line with art? And you're, I'm kind of like, in some movies I can see that, and I can see that being like legit. With this movie, I kind of want them to blow it out their ass a little bit. But it, it is, it's hard because it is an audacious film for 1992. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know if things like maybe it pushed boundaries that I'm just not seeing because I'm seeing it 30 years later. Yeah. No, it's, it's, dude, it's, it's one of like the, one of my favorite things, I guess, about being not just a consumer of art, but being like, you know, someone who studied it for, for a degree is that like, There's this ever-changing consumption of it, and people are constantly going in and out of style. I'm not talking about cancel culture here, right? I'm just talking about what is popular artistically at certain points in time and how it then ends up influencing the next generations of people. So, like, I can see the the locus point here of, like, where Quentin Tarantino might have gotten some some inspiration, right? Yeah, yeah. Leave it to the Europeans to really, you know, push the boundaries. It's like, oh, it's French. This movie is fucking French. It is loudly, racistly French. (laughs) Oh, man. Some of that was really, really unnerving as well. Um, You got, you got, okay. There's also a moment where he starts quoting poetry and it goes off with this shot of him running naked along a beach. And I was like, what the fuck, France? (laughs) Yeah. I know. Come on, French cinema. It was just too French. I was like, 
come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it sucks because I feel like there isn't a lot of criticism that I found written by it, but you are right. You are correct in the sense that it's like, it's kind of like the tagline or like the, you know, the, for, uh, like it's hard to avoid that. Right. Two boys travel the world and find each other or something yeah. like that. And <laughs> love and fuck. each other. Friendship. <laughs> exactly. It's hard, dude, because I really like, uh, I like, um, I like a lot of cinema that pushed the boundaries in like the 60s, like Fellini and stuff like that. Yeah. And then going forward, you have, I mean, I just talked shit about a guy running along a beach quoting poetry, but I like Terrence Malick movies. So like, which is like the ultimate incarnation of that. It's just Mm -hmm. American, I guess. No, that's true. I don't know. Like, where's the border? Like, why, why does this frustrate me when something like that doesn't like, how do we quantify that? I was going to actually ask that because it's, it seemed, okay. So I don't know yet if we found something that really irks me the wrong way. I mean, maybe it's shitty dialogue. I, I don't know. But with Jeff, it's sex, right? With you, I wanted to like ask you, like, do you not like the really edgy, violent things? Like, I'm not talking movie violence. I'm talking depraved violence, right? Like, Funny Games was cinematically depraved violence. It wasn't just like, bang, bang, shoot them up. They're in my house. I need to save my family. It was like, I'm getting beaten in the face with a golf club while these dudes are like laughing at me, right? And then this film is like you see this dude screaming in this woman's face and then gleefully turning to the camera and being like, see, I didn't even have to use any weapons right there because I saw that she had heart medication here on the table. I was just going to set her heart all fucking. And you're just like, ugh. It makes you feel disgusting, like with yeah. humanity, you know? Yeah, you you might be getting close to what gets my goat. I haven't really thought about it in those terms specifically. Okay. But, but yeah, I... See, it's I guess I guess you could quantify it as cruelty without beauty. Like I'm okay with a movie being absolutely horrifying mm-hmm. and depraved and monstrous even because that's interesting. And those those moments can be leveraged to create an interesting narrative. Mm-hmm. But when that is the only narrative, then yeah. I have a problem. Like my my favorite example that I always bring up is the human centipede. It's just that is absolutely cruelty without beauty there's nothing there's nothing to say or to be gleaned it is just monstrous to its characters for no discernible purpose other than to be like masochistic mm-hmm. um funny games is like that i could not stand the the gloating like that the movie was doing about what it was doing i fucking oh, yeah. hated it yeah this movie I, it didn't it didn't go to that level but it is analogous to funny games it's a little where more i was humble, like i was right? like okay what's the point yeah what's the point here and it, it it is kind of interesting the way that it depicts its reality the way that they'll go do the murders and then go get fucking you know clams and stuff like that yeah <laughs> but i but i still miss the broader point and a broader and this is pro- possibly just a me thing like maybe it's me just missing the point of this but I was like, why? Why yeah. am I being shown this? And if it's 1992 and this kind of thing had never been done before, okay, I can see it. I'll give some leeway there. But in terms of like, as its own narrative, if we're going to divorce it from like cinematic extremities of the time, 
then I don't understand the the draw. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's about a guy that I don't like who's completely amoral being followed around by people I don't like because they just get in on the action with no like reservations. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I guess it could happen." Oh, is this is this a commentary on the extremity of art that we will go to? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess. Think, I think if you honestly, want it to be when you boil it down, it only can be that cuz it really lacks any substance to be anything else, right? And I I don't mean that in like a really negative way cuz I still do like the film, but it does lack substance to like boil it down to anything. It's like so I'll read you two of my favorite reviews that I found of it, right? And okay. one is by the Maybe I wanted it to be more movie. Maybe that's oh, maybe that, it did its job so well that I was like, oh, it's just a documentary. Well, so I didn't think about it like that, but it's very bare. It's very stark, right? I don't know. It's the, there's it sucks. I'll, I'll read the Dude, reviews. If you had if you had had like a couple moments in the film where Remy like really cogitates on the meaning of his actions and yeah. why he's doing this, that could have completely transformed the movie. But instead, Honestly, three quarters yeah. of the way through, you see him raping the woman, and I'm like, I'm out. Even I'll even, finish watching the movie, but I'm out. All three of them just arguing. Remy could have been in, right? Because he was a fucking jackass, it seemed, anyways. But like, if the other two were like having some moral conundrum, was it? It was the other two, yeah, yeah. If they were like, oh my god, like we shouldn't be doing this, and like there was like a shot of them arguing. Or like somehow the serial killer Ben like leveraged Remy's favor to like kill his friends, you know, like it would have been it would have made it extremely interesting at that point. Um, but before I get to the reviews, I actually want to comment on what you were saying because I had a question for it and it just fits perfectly into what you were saying about like the depraved the, the depravity without yeah. beauty. And so I was going to ask you, and I had this written down in my notes, what is the difference? And I don't mean this rhetorically. I actually am genuinely asking. Okay. What is the difference between a film like this and a horror film, like a horror slasher film where it's like I'm following people get like absolutely like mauled or something like that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I had this exact thought actually when I was thinking about the film the next day. (laughs) <laughs> I had the same thought. I was like, well, I like horror movies that do this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, okay, we can we can draw a line under horror here and sort of like explore that a little bit because a horror movie can be many things. When a horror movie does this, I'm generally okay with it when it's like a monster or an alien or something because oh, yeah. that brings in this whole like science fiction-y element. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the differentiation is when it's a person doing it, it, it transforms it into a completely different thing. Yeah. Right. And you could call a serial killer movie, a horror movie, perhaps like seven or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it really delves into this. It becomes a whole different genre when you're dealing with the horrors of the human psyche, which are infinitely more horrifying than any monster we've ever conjured. Yeah. Cinematically or otherwise. People are the true monsters. No, definitely though. It's true. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what it is. Like if this movie was like about people following a monster around as it murdered people, I would have been like, wow, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) This is a straight fucking like, he's just dressed in like a Barney costume. 
They're like, we found this monster. It calls himself <laughs> James. It somehow knows the human language. <laughs> so they're they're like doing it on that level. But yeah, when it's when it's indulging in really intense human cruelty with no discernible like dimensionality, mm-hmm. I think that's what I have a problem with. And the dimensionality thing is an arguable point. Like people like funny games, they see something of value in that for some yeah. reason. Um, and this one too as well. Maybe it's just maybe it is as simple as showing slash exploring a psychopath is interesting enough. Yeah. For me, it's a movie. You gotta do a little bit more. That's true. I mean, definitely that, that like that's definitely where it like falls short for me the second the second like watch round, right? It's like I didn't for me it wasn't like why am I watching this I I was like okay this seems important or I know it's important and I love how you brought up the dialogue of like I am cinema I am cinema right and it's just like okay what the fuck are you saying because you're saying something here you know and like it's tongue is he or is he are they just trying to say something you know yeah and that's the thing is is it like is what you are saying the attempt to to say something is that the whole focus getting real meta here right which yeah. will lead me into the reviews that i really think kind of hit on the nose they are okay. kind of injected with that um general overall like hallmarky kind of thing but there's this one guy from his name is emmanuel levy he's got a beautiful big old handlebar mustache <laughs> um from emmanuellevy.com and he writes misunderstood this original Belgian film is a satirical stab at serial killers, our new, quote, cultural icons. The moral was misinterpreted by some critics. And then you have Tom Meek, who says, Man Bites Dog is a deliriously sharp reflection of society's secret thirst for blood and human spectacle, while hypocritically maintaining a stiff moral chin. A unique, one-of-a-kind that's not for all. So... I think that these two guys really hit the nail on the head as far as like what the film is doing. Um, but I think it's up to debate on whether or not it's like executed in a way that is meaningful or even profound, right? It's like the equivalent of a junior high school student discovering like a death metal album and then for the next week can only talk about death and existentialism for like two shallow minutes in any discussion, right? And so it's like, I don't know where where do I draw the line with it? Is it deep? Yeah. Or is it just kind of, I don't want to say it's lazy. I want to say it's much more humble than funny games. Like if I was the, the teacher of a film class and some student submitted this compared to another student who submitted funny games, I would be like, okay, one of you is a humongous yeah. pompous no, asshole. No, this is, like, this is head, and, head and shoulders above funny games in terms of whatever. In terms of everything, mm-hmm. even if it's not as like cinematically competent as funny games, um, but I, I can see those arguments in the reviews, but they're also the same kind of arguments that one would bring forth about funny games, right? Where I'm like, where I don't quite buy into the meta, like I think maybe some critics are overthinking it because that's their job. And when you see a movie like this, that is evocative. Like, you kind of have to grasp for something. Yeah. And maybe that's them grasping. I don't know. I don't know how deeply they've thought about this. Or how deeply I've thought about this, you know? I I used to do that all the time. 
going back to the the moment of like I am cinema. Uh-huh. Right? That move that that scene was so frustrating. Cuz like you said when we talked about it earlier, you're like, "Okay, what are you trying to say?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I have no idea." Is the idea that like, oh, we indulge in cinema and cinema is violent and we have a culture of violence where we appreciate killers and cinema. You're like, yeah, no shit. Mm -hmm. Like we know that. I don't know. No, (laughs) no, no. No, that's super valid, dude, because that's like one of my most common gripes with things, right? Is like I talked about it in the Batman episode. I'm like, okay, we get it. The fucking the villain is pretty disturbed mentally, you know? I'm like, can we add some style and panache to it? Same hey, way, dude. <laughs> so, so my same criticism of this. I'm exactly. like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. The world is cruel. We as people like to watch things that are cruel. Uh-huh. Let's make a thing that's cruel that's a meta commentary on cruelty. And yeah. I don't know. I guess that, like, same thing as Funny Games is, like, I see that. That's pretty obvious to me that you're doing that. But that's not interesting to me. It's not interesting, I think, generationally either, you know? And it, it, it just goes to show, like, it's a... While I like this film, it's a hallmark of a film that does not have staying power. It might have hit so much differently in the 90s, right? And oh, like, yeah, we've made that point. You're like, you're like, this could just be the fact that I'm seeing it 30 years later when this has no bite anymore, ironically. Yeah, no, no, you no, know? exactly, yeah. And or at least it, not for somebody who watches as many fucking movies as I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like even just art in general, even commercials and like TV. I mean, we don't watch a lot of TV and commercials in general, but like everything. You think we're numb? You think mm. we're just numb at this point? I do think that, yeah, no, I think at what one at some point it's jaded and like you get to like this really interesting level of, well, now the subversive mode of like, this ironic shtick is now like the satirical is now like the dominant mode of oh, art. Oh, dude, satire is dead. Oh, dude, I mean, reality right? is so fucking absurd now. Yeah, that among satirists, they will say satire is dead. You know. Yeah. And so, when you have things that are genuinely human now, that are really heartfelt, or like you know, come from a place of humility, human humility. It sticks out, and they they're starting to shine a l- just a little more, you know. Um, That's why we got Coda. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get things like Coda, but you also get things like that were ahead of its time. Like I'm talking, like if we go to David Lynch's Twin Peaks, right? He has this whole dark universe, but his main character is like cookie cutter 1940s FBI agent, just totally. Super oh no, he's good. got his own eccentricities. He's a fun character. Come oh, on. Oh, for sure. Definitely. But he he's like eccentric in how campy and how like homey he is, right? And it like yeah. it was so biting and refreshing at the time to just be like, "Oh. Okay. I mean, for me when I was watching it, you know, it's like we're in this age of like anti-heroes and like the dark, damaged kind of weird hero." Where when I watch someone like Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks, I'm like, yes, just give me the cherry pie fucking American, you know, like baseball hero. <laughs> like, I just want someone that's clean cut and that is like good through and through. It's nice to have some dimensions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of have some dimensions, some color grading. Can't just all be gray or I'm like, man, you know, you know what the most disturbing thing to me about this movie was? Hmm. The fact that it didn't disturb me at all. 
Yeah, that's a great you know? point. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I mean, there were some genuinely fucked up images where I was like, oh, okay, that's fucked up. But generally, like, the movie would cut very quickly in like this understated way to him blasting somebody in the fucking face, and I didn't bat an eyelid. Yeah, I was like, okay, what's the next scene? <laughs> and thinking about that, I was like, man. I don't know. I don't know if it is just weird. We're just, we're so overstimulated now that, that this doesn't do much. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I don't know. It's weird because it's like, because it's only operating on the level of violence, right? It's because only, you could do yeah. the same thing, but with like some emotions attached somewhere. And I would have felt those, you know, presumably, but because yeah. it's just, it's just violence. I was like, okay. Violence. It's like watching a car chase with no story attached. You I know? did feel a pang of like emotion when you find when out he murders that, the kid. Well, no, I mean, like that that whole thing. I was like, I was desensitized to all the things that he was doing to other people. But when like the other serial killer or assassin people started to catch up to him, and they like murdered his girlfriend and then murdered his parents. I actually yeah. felt like a little sad for a moment in that, but the movie in no way do, does that operate on any human level, right? It's not like <laughs> I'm some like boy that grew up that is trying to find my parents and the whole world is against me, you know? And like, at least in Titan, there's like yeah. this feeling that like this violence is justified because like the world is like almost against this woman. Dude, you know? Titan gets in on the like brute psychological level that people operate on yeah to like it's like bearing the nerve this movie has no psychology attached to it or if it does it's just meta psychology about you the viewer and society in quotation marks but it doesn't do it itself no it, not at all it's like watching fred astaire murder people right it's like so nonchalant and just like the way that they try and make him like come off is like so witty or the way that, you know, he, he, Benoit played it up to be like super, super witty is like very disturbing and very unsettling and almost. Yeah. I think maybe I'm a nerd to that now, <clears throat> you know, like it's been 20 years since American Psycho for fuck's sake. Oh yeah. And we've had a million of those since then. So it's a good performance, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe me saying, like, I don't understand the point is another way of getting at that, like, there's n I didn't understand what other dimension it was working on. You know, it's just this flat plane of we murder people and we're kind of silly and, like, regular people about it. Yeah. And then there's nothing else. And I was like, and, and then what? Like, right. let's go deeper here. Let's explore this. But it doesn't do any exploring. It just shows you and like lets you do the work, which in some movies can work. In this movie, it just felt like maybe that's a cop out. If you're going to like ascribe any philosophy to it, then mm -hmm. it's all on you. Yeah. You know, like the movie doesn't do much for that. Maybe it has its ethos that I'm just not seeing. But once again, I think maybe it's just, you know, like we've said, those like those critiques you brought in. Like, ah, oh, it's talking about how we like serial killers and we're disaffected. And you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You're just like, okay, that's like, yes, that is true. Times over. We get I, it. Now. That is true. I know this. 
Yeah, it's 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 not quite as like sharp as it once was, right? No, um, it's not sharp. It's not sharp. It has it has moments where I was like, "Ooh, that's a little cutting," but but on by and large, uh, you know, not really. <laughs> no, I love the thing you said about American Psycho, though, for sure, because it's like we we get it, guys. We get it. Like there are toxic toxic aspects to our society where it's like. Uh, I don't know. I just can't. It's hard to yeah, see. Yeah, we're we're sick. Like mm-hmm. we are sick. We are definitely mentally and spiritually sick. Maybe try to answer why instead of just telling me that though. Cuz yeah, it's I, like I know that. <laughs> I feel know? like by doing this documentary style, they really relieved of them, themselves of like that almost like artistic duty to do that, right? It was like, "Oh, we're just showing you this. This is just like a documentary style." It's it's less of answering the question and more just like, look at this. You know, it's like, and then you just walk yeah. away from well, your art exhibit. See, I'm open. I'm open, though, with this film. If anyone's listening and you have, like, an idea about the ethos here and, like, why this movie is interesting, please let us know. I'm interested to dialogue about it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not just writing it off. <laughs> um, like I said... I did ask you about it being irredeemable for obvious reasons. I think we've covered that fairly well. But there's like no other dimension besides the the, the killing. Yeah. But um, I think it like there's something to it though, and I could see why you brought it to my attention. And I do think it was interesting. I did not hate watching it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wondered why I was watching it. <laughs> you know, still coming back to that. I think- I'm still not sure why it didn't. <laughs> It's not going to be memorable. I already had forgotten the ending. <laughs> a couple of the images will stick in my brain, although I don't want them to. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I was like, oh, this guy's a douche and he murders people. Great. Nice. <laughs> cool. Good for you, movie. <laughs> I feel like something in my brain was like, some somewhere. this movie was like locked away somewhere in my brain and watching Antichrist, Titan... Um, enter the void something about yeah. those films like something along the, that vein just woke this up this memory up again I was like huh I could see that I, I see need to that. revisit this movie you know and it was obviously extremely European um, so yeah so what what would qualify for you as an irredeemable film like what mm. what and what enters that camp Okay, so like, definitely The Matrix Resurrections, like The Matrix 4 is yeah. definitely number 1 even over Funny Games as far as the ones we've done on this on this this podcast. Um Yeah. Agreed. And and I think it's because of like that that one's Funny hard. Games was at least trying to do something. Yeah. Uh The Matrix was just an affront to everything I've I hold dear. It's an affront to art. It's an affront to thought, creativity, uh, world building, um, <laughs> human relations, like acting, the advancement a, to maybe global peace. <laughs> it's it is possibly the I've never hated watching something more. Yeah, dude. It, it dethroned funny games. Funny yeah. games I'd hated. Something you know, about okay. That. I had a, I had a, I had a metaphor, right? Maybe a yeah. simile. I don't know. Let me, let me construct this. <laughs> so Jeff, Jeff, Jeff likened funny games, watching funny games, to somebody coming in your tea, and then making you drink it, and then like smiling at you from across mm-hmm. the table. You're like, hey, 
you're drinking that tea with my cum in it. And it's so fucking smug and self-satisfied. You're like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> this movie is like this movie is like somebody gives you some tea and they're like, hey, there's blood in that tea. And then you drink it and you're like, oh, yeah, there is. And they're just sitting there like impassively like, yeah, it's got some blood in it. And you're like, yeah, it sure does. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if what, what my broad point here is, but just likening it to that. I don't know. Maybe that says something to somebody. <laughs> I mean, it's very matter of fact. It is like it doesn't feel super pretentious, I guess. Exactly. And something about something irredeemable is like when the filmmaker or the film is so sure that it is good, it's so sure in what it is saying that it doesn't care at all about it, the audience. And I mean that in the weirdest way. Like when I say it doesn't care about the audience, like that is a duty for art, for any art, artistic rendering or manifestation. Like you can say, oh, I'm just doing this for my own kicks. But the act of making art and then producing it and putting it out into the public sphere must always come with the caveat that the audience is involved and is an uh, active member. I don't agree. You don't, I don't think I so? Think, I, don't, I, think artists, I don't think artists really owe anything to their fans. Well, maybe that's a bad way of putting it because they sort of made you successful, but... Not not in that sense. It's like the thing that you talked about, about it being there's like a tacit agreement that we have with art and the things that art say and the things that like art does. I feel like that works yeah. two ways. But I get I get what you're saying about them not like you don't owe your your audience anything, I guess. You just should probably or, keep or that not, in mind. Not to the extent where you have to make things for them. Yeah. I think if you're an artist, you should make things for you. But mm-hmm. you need to understand also that we can also call you out for it being a giant pile of crap when you do. This movie this movie isn't that. It feels very genuine. It feels like they had a vision and like I like the way that you say humble. I've kind of I've kind of warmed up to that phrase mm-hmm. in terms of this movie because I think you're right. I think it's like some guy is doing an audacious project with some measure of idea attached to it. Yeah, but mainly mostly just to do it. I don't know how great the artistic like statement of it was in their head. Technically, it doesn't do anything revolutionary either. But it's it doesn't like... make me angry. Okay, you know. Yeah, I feel like. What makes me angry is, okay, let's set up a scene real quick. You're at like a uh, an open Neo mic. Neo walks in. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking no. Trinity drinking her coffee with her real yeah. family. <laughs> uh, so you're in, you're in like a an open mic, right? Not a comedy one, but like a poetry one, you know, or like a short story one for like a school or a, an art club or whatever. You have people that have worked very hard on their pieces people that like you have said have measured out some type of idea or meaning and they go up and they do it and then there's a 30 minute moment where they're like okay does anyone want to come up and do anything impromptu and someone that is just so captivated and thralled by the like gusto of the performances gets up and does like slam poetry right and immediately wants that to be legitimized as art because it was emotion or it was because it was like an expression of how they were feeling in some way. So I don't ever buy into that shit. If you just have an outburst of emotion, I equate that to what a child does. And I don't think that 
that's what an artist does. I think an artist puts that emotion through like some type of scope or refinement and then creates something, right? So I feel like that this film did that in a way that failed a little bit and it stumbled, but at least, like I said, it humbly tried to do that. Whereas The Matrix 4 is just <laughs> like slam poetry, right? It's like, I'm great, listen to me, I'm going to vomit Dude, for I don't even two I still hours. don't even know what the fuck that movie was. I but really you see what don't. I'm saying, I could right? probably do if I had the time and inclination and skills, I could probably do a whole like four hour fucking video essay on that that movie. But but, but you see the yeah. distinction that I'm making though, right? Where I it's do. like I do. I hate that. I just hate the like art for like the the like spontaneous just like outburst of emotion i'm like can you think of any other movies that do that like what are the movies that make you the most angry probably the cynical ones right like the fast and furiouses of the world oh definitely but those don't ever i mean those aren't ever trying to sell themselves to something like hey we're saying something deep about no they know what they are they know what they are yeah even the marvel movies are the same way like i have to give them that credit like they're not trying to be like fucking you know lawrence of arabia but there right. are films like, dude, Crash, which won the Oscar, which we will have to do an episode on it one day, like a hate yeah. episode. I'm um, so I'm so down. It's it's like that. Like I I don't even know how to explain it. But Crash is one of those films when something is so far up its own ass it can't even see the trees anymore. Yeah, and Something it's like just that. like emotion. It's just like spitting and regurgitating out like human emotion, and it thinks like just doing that makes it okay, right? Like. I don't, I don't know. Like you can buy. It's weird. There are different ends of the spectrum. There are different ends of the spectrum, right? You have like, like those cynical ass movies make me angry. Like the uncharted shit like that will make Mm -hmm. me angry. A crow sequel definitely makes me angry. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Oh, it's coming. Um, but, but yeah. And then, and then on the complete other end of the spectrum, you have like a total auteur piece like funny games, but it's yeah. just so satisfied with the cum that it jerked off into your tea that I hate it. <laughs> yeah. It like knows it's cum tastes good. And you're like, no, no cum tastes good. Get out of here. <laughs> Michael Haneke. There's a film called Savages that I saw a long time ago, which is fucking horrendously bad. That follows along that the sounds same familiar. I don't even want to talk about what the plot is, but what it's- is this? It's shit. Um, some gangster wannabe movie. Um, With Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yes. Yes. And Taylor Kitsch, Benicio Del Toro, Salma Hayek, and uh, Blake Lively. It's fucking. an Oliver Stone film. Oh, dude. It's so fucking bad. Emil Hirsch really? is in it as well. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, uh, my again, God. Oh, we might have to do this one, too. Dude, I like Oliver Stone. I do, I do, too, right? Like, I love the beach. Like, we did a, report, a book report on the beach. and That like, wasn't Oliver Stone. Wait, I always fuck it up. That was Danny Boyle. Him. I always fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Boyle. Similarly great director, though. Great yes. director. Yeah. But, no, Oliver Stone has done films that I have liked. Um, so, I think he did my thing. I think dude, my favorite Platoon? Film Speaking Wait. of fucking serial killers, Natural Born Killers, man. That's one of the greatest, like serial killer movies of all time yeah i mean the serial killer genre would be cool honest i mean there is a serial killer he did the doors it's one of my favorites of all time he did do the doors yeah 
He did that. Born on the Fourth of July, movie. dude. He's got bangers. Did he do World Trade Center with Nicolas Cage? Uh, he did. <laughs> not a I banger. I've not seen that. But I have not. I haven't seen his like two thousands movies as much. I've seen all of them from like the nineties back. That movie was like, let me try and pull on the patriotic heartstrings of the Academy, and maybe, maybe. <laughs> That's so weird that Don't he would do out. that because he also did JFK. Oh God, yeah, that movie you is know? fucking. That movie is interesting. It's kind of messy, but it's that movie is a big old honking interesting mess. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely interesting though. <laughs> it's cool though. I like it, and I, I I like that whole JFK like I, I just like that world of theory. You know? Oh, I, I actually like that movie is extremely entertaining. Like, and the performances in it are are really good and whatnot. So. Yeah, well, somehow we've gotten to Oliver Stone yeah. talk <laughs> after Man Bites Dog. Um, so, yeah, well, do, I definitely need to watch the Savages movie now. Oh, or God. do I? Is I it that know. bad? It, dude, it's so bad. Is it is it bad in the way that it's irredeemable? Okay, you know what? I, I feel like you should just watch it, and then okay. you let me know whether or not you want to talk about it. I would, I would be, like, 100% down to talk about it, but... I will be furious when we do. Maybe we'll do that and crash. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm, dude, we have to. Okay, if we do do crash, though, we have to involve Jeff because, like, okay. he he he'll know exactly. He, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about, and you will too when you when you see it. You'll be like, "Holy shit! This movie won Best Picture." <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. I saw it in high school. I don't remember it at all. Oh, okay. Thank God. Um, oh, okay. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know, but I guess let's wrap up Man Bites Dog, man. I'm down. I'm down. Um, Yeah, Man Bites Dog. I think, I think it probably deserves its place in the lexicon for what it did at the time. Um, and I think that's probably why it's part of their Criterion collection and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know the exact rationale, but... And I think, I think if you approach it as a cinematic time capsule of like audacity more so than being like a really good movie, then I think it's easier to sort of understand why it's interesting. If you look at it from that regard, yeah, Um, at least it is for me. But I mean, besides that, uh, I don't know. It was kind of flat. I liked the attempt. It was interesting, but it just didn't have enough texture for me to latch onto. Yeah. No, I think that's extremely fair, and that's a really good way to put it. I think I would only ever recommend this film to cinephiles, right? Which kind of tracks along with what what you're saying. Like, only to, to a special breed of movie fan would I be like, hey, you should check this film out just because I think it might perk up some interesting points in your yeah head, you know like and that's <laughs> it like if this were roles reversed you would be the only person i would conceivably ever recommend this to yeah <laughs> for sure you know yeah. like I, I would be terrified if i accidentally mixed up the vhs of this and coda when i was giving my grandma the movie you know? <laughs> yeah like no grandma don't watch that yeah and i'm still oh, using vhs as yes people because it's my grandma okay well, it's going to be interesting going to our next one because our next film is like the antithesis to this in terms of the book reports that we're doing. Because mm-hmm. I'm making you watch Iron Man. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you I are. I had a drunk thought the other night and I drunk texted Alex and I was like, I want to make you watch all the Marvel movies. 
And uh, obviously, we'll probably never do that. But the th- the thinking, I don't know. We'll get we'll get into the thinking next time. Nobody's yeah. even going to be here at the end of this anyway. <laughs> hey, we're gonna <laughs> we're like, gonna at least start the journey, right? And we we're gonna start, start the with journey. Iron Man, so yeah, I have a whole I have a whole thought process and spiel about this, but I will leave it for that. Good answer. It makes sense. I promise. I promise it makes some sense. <laughs> it's not just me being a fanboy. I have my reasons. I mean, it's definitely going to be like the antidote to this film as far as movie movie goes, right? Like what this oh, film it's... lacked in movie moviness. <laughs> you know one. it's a movie movie. It's yeah. fucking Iron Man. You can't get more movie. Oh, shit. You can't get more modern movie than that. RDJ, baby. RDJ. Hell yeah. Um. All right. Let's get out of here. Real Weirdos, bringing you a book report about a movie because that makes sense. Coming out with us on Real Weirdos Pod at Twitter. And um, say what's up in the comments. Did you like Man Bites Dog? What's your deal? Like, did What do you think about this movie? If you made it to the end here, if you didn't, uh, well, I guess you won't hear this then. But you know what I'm saying. Say what's up. Uh, right. Let us know what you think. And we will catch you all next time. Have a good morning. Peace, love, and hand grenades. Woof, woof. Now our podcast is done, and we have to run. We know it is sad, but we had so much fun. Don't be bereft, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff. We'll be back real soon. The Real Weirdos We talk about movies For way too goddamn long